Good evening, Patriots, and it's Sunday, June 9th, 18th. There we go. Tomorrow's 19th, June 18th in the year 2023. Hope you all had a very good Father's Day. I know I did. It was great here with my dad. Hope you had some time with family or at least time to reflect. It's always good if we have that. It's a, it's, it's a nice time to really remember fathers and to remember the importance of what fathers are, regardless of where your status is, of how important those are in the structure and the time in which we live. We just, we need to raise up the strength of the father, for sure. That's absolutely for certain. A couple things before we begin. One is to be very aware that we are in a critical time right now. Lots of crazy stuff going on. And you're hearing a lot of threats of power outages and crazy stuff like that. Um, who knows what these nut jobs will do? We're dealing with psychopaths. There's no question about that. So I would encourage you to check out EMPShield.com. EMPShield.com. They're, they're a, one of the best devices, I think the best device on the market to, to protect your electronics, to protect your vehicles, to protect your household, to protect your generators, to protect your RVs. They have devices for all of those. And with you, when you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, you're going to get $50 off per unit. And they're still advertising the extension of the Memorial Day weekend sale. So if that's still on, you're going to get an additional 10% off site-wide. So it's really a good deal right now. I have them on the ATVs, the vehicle, the vehicles. We have them on the house. They're, just, they're a good investment and good insurance because you just don't know what we're going to deal with. And... We just don't know how crazy these psychopaths are going to get. But it's obvious that we're getting into a critical window here of a lot of different things going on. So check that out, which, again, empshield.com, empshield.com. And your promo code, of course, is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Highly recommend it. It's a good product. A nice weekend, I will say. I took a lot of just relaxing time this weekend. And that's felt like a necessary thing coming off of Bards Fest and then 
a whole week of what we normally do with podcasting and other things. Had some time to kind of regroup and, and focus a lot on where Father wants me to be and wants me to go. And that's, there's a lot of issues coming out, not issues, a lot of um, very greater clarity coming out of Bard's Fest. Especially as I've kind of seen the week go along and listened very closely to what Father has to say, and and as I always say, this show every week to me is a, is just a show in the reflection of the week and literally walking with Jesus. We're in a very interesting time in our culture, and it's a time of decisions. And there's a very pressing issue of those that are going to be willing to continue forward into the deeper issue of authorities. And you've heard me really ramp that up in the last week in particular. And I'm going to continue to because it's such a pressing issue right now. But there's a number of other breakoffs to that that I think are so important. Our enemy is in the open. Our enemy is by all definition, in panic mode. We don't see it that way because when you have an arrogant enemy and, well, for that matter, a psychopathic enemy, they don't have empathy and the only thing they know is to threaten more. That's what they've known forever is how to control humanity. And it's just increasingly clear. It's like life is getting a lot simpler to see when we just take a breath and we just don't get so wrapped up in the nonsense of the daily hype. I understand we're going to, that's not going to change. I'm not going to not cover topics that are important. But when you look at headlines and you go through headlines and the repetition of the intensity of crazy, really what that communication is, is it's a communication that's talking at a level of those that are either living in the plane and thinking that politics are going to change things, or it's a message that ends up reaching out to those that are needing to waken up. But when we're sitting back here in kingdom space and we're really looking at this from an objective lens and I I would just say eyes that our Father can give us to see, so much of this is just pure and simple nonsense. And it's entirely designed to keep us off base, to keep us misaligned. And unfortunately with that ripples up the consequences of that, when we get ourselves wrapped up there, we start to fall victim to demonic influences and worse, just the kind of hedonistic way of living as humans without God. And we all can be subject to it, not necessarily to an extreme, but we all can be subject to it. The sexualization right now in, in every aspect of our lives is, in, is accelerating at a phenomenal rate everything that we're being exposed to. And all of these things are designed to degrade a most beautiful and most loving relationship with Jesus. I, I want to preface all this tonight with just a simple statement. that, and I just say this just for the comfort of my heart. I'm speaking from my heart, but I am definitely not perfect. And there's, like all things, we all have struggles we deal with. And we have to spend time with the Lord and we have to spend time in our personal repentance to re-strengthen ourselves. But where I've always said is I don't see repentance as anything other than clearing and re-strengthening and bringing it to the throne to seek forgiveness, to stand back up and to be mightier in this fight. This world is designed to attack everything in our mind and fear is a function of our mind that corrupts, that corrupts the relationship with God in our heart. And there's such logic, such understanding and wisdom of why it is said 365 times, fear not, because it's the number one weapon of the enemy. And we just have to constantly keep that before us because fear takes on so many different forms. Here's, here's an extension of fear. Imagine, take any sort of habit you have that you're trying to break and you find yourself being caught in, in a form of addictive behavior, whatever that is. We develop a consequence of fear of our Lord 
in a negative way. Fear of God. And we even and what can happen with anyone is you can hesitate to bring it to the throne because you're afraid of what the consequence will be. That's not what God needs us to do. And this environment we're in right now is really getting very, very dicey for everyone because there's so much being thrown at us to try to keep us off base. I mean, figure that walking, you know, the narrow path is going to be a tough path to walk. And the whole concept that we're witnessing here and is trying to degrade, corrupt, reduce the, the spiritual energy of an entire globe simultaneously that is waking up and it's essentially the genie's out of the bottle. Bard's Fest was a tremendous high and it was it, as it should be because it brings us together. We live in, a, in an environment where we share that love and we share in prayer and we share stories of courage and we share stories of heartache and we share stories of just honesty of the heart. We broke bread we were able to sit together. It brings community, and it reminds us truly of what we should be. And the ripple effect of that isn't missed because these things are not left in the, in the static physical world where we live, but those we create waves like a stone in a pond. So as an example today, just un- unbelievable and beautiful, we're hundreds if not thousands of youth marching in the streets of Seattle today praising and singing Jesus. I don't disconnect either of those events, meaning the way God's hand works is as we push something into Bard's Fest, it ripples out. And as what they do will ripple out. And so we're definitely seeing this tremendous rise in our faith and the and the love in Jesus, which is exactly what this enemy fears the most. So with that, the only thing the enemy knows to do the most is to start throwing everything it has to try to find the weaknesses, the small cracks, the small fissures within the armor, and to try to get into people's head and to try to cause issue. And these have been a lot of my thoughts this weekend, just reflecting on where things are and where things are going. And it's so easy to get wrapped around the various things that are happening. There's a lot of things happening right now. And when I say that, we can build fears. We, if you haven't been paying attention, which I, most of you do, but I'm just saying if you've missed it, one of the big discussions right now across the entire nation is the movement of military vehicles. And there's a lot of them moving. And there's a lot of them being positioned in and around cities. Just to clarify something here very quickly, the military does not do operations in cities. It doesn't do operations in cities because it's too dangerous. And it creates too much panic. So they create training zones where they recreate city structures. And they build these places so they can train in and around what are simulated uh, urban environments or simulated populated environments. They hire crisis actors to come in. They do all this so that they can keep their training as real as possible, but limit the collateral emotional damage and outfall that happens if they actually train in real cities. So we start to hear military vehicles being positioned in places like, or showing up in cities like Philadelphia or LA and other areas. This is not standard protocol. And you're going to hear a lot of scuttlebutt and, and and deception type disinformation about how this is related to National Guard annual training and so forth like this. And that's just not the case. This is something is happening. I don't know what it is. And we can build quite a mountain out of this. You can build a narrative out of this that says white hats are coming to do something. And you can build a narrative out of this of great suspicion and wondering if this is going to be some Obama version of Jade Helm. All of these things are on the table. And this is where we, as I believe, we as a remnant have a tremendous amount of work to be doing right now in terms of prayer, our anchoring in the Holy Spirit, our communication with Father, and praying into these strongholds that the enemy is doing, which is always trying to agitate, subjugate, and divide and conquer. These fights that are being maneuvered, we can influence through prayer, but it's not in our, it's something that we don't even have an intent. What we can do is pray into some of these things for what the intended hope is. 
But then again, remembering that God's going to deliver justice through many different ways. And some of that has, may end up being a justice to a nation that still refuses to turn its head to the large, turn its eyes towards Christ. There's so many people that are still asleep, and it's really unbelievable. And there's so many churches that are still asleep. We have so much misunderstanding of the times that we're in, for that matter, the times that we've always been in, and that all goes back to authorities and equipping people to effectively operate within an environment that is saturated with a demonic force that wants to subjugate, rape, kill, destroy. And that's unfortunately a, a very poor statement on the effectiveness of the modern-day pulpit, which to a large degree doesn't exist. So we have a tremendous responsibility. Oh, it's a noble one. And it's a very noble responsibility to step into those authorities and lean into them. And I think the greatest part of this is the testimonies that we continue to get of the effectiveness of prayer and the effectiveness of what we do by virtue of trusting in, in the Holy Spirit, leaning in to God and taking those authorities that Jesus gave us and truly leaning in and being, at this point, being bold. There, we, there really is no place for being timid right now. We're trying to fight for a world and where we're sitting, and this is where things get very messy, is that we really don't know who friend or foe is when it comes to institutions of the government. But I think we can all be honest about one thing, is that God is not going to be fixing this government before he judges the churches and he judges the shepherds. That's Ezekiel 34. We went over that on Friday, I believe. Ezekiel 34 is such a bold statement that God will judge the churches and he will judge them first because that's the foundation of the way the moral law should be working. Unfortunately, we're so far askew that the churches have subjugated themselves, allowed themselves to be subordinate to a government at the will and whim of the government being bought out easily by promises of money or promises of, of um, pref preferential treatment or whatever, or being sold on this idea that somehow they're going to be noble fighters in this great war by helping the government do certain things. Churches have taken minimal position on many critical topics or worse, have completely sold their soul into things that have completely been a con or orchestrated to roll in a soft version of tyranny. And I think we can all be very clear in our thoughts that that's not going to set well with heaven. Those are the shepherds, and they've done a poor job of stewarding. And so this time that we're in, we need to avoid being misled. And it's easy to be misled in this time, in our thoughts and trying to find an easy way out because we're, we're inclined to want to believe in the hero, that the, the archetype hero, which has been built into every single show you've ever watched in one way or another, is designed to teach you of a hero, a superhero of something that's going to save the day. We are in a time which until Christ returns, we have an op we have a necessity, an obligation. It's very clear even in, in the things that we're expected to do, here's our mission. To share the word, share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to raise the dead. And then there's that other wonderful and amazing caveat, which we're going to explore more and more, which is greater works than he. All of those is what Christ gave us. And on the top of being of having authority over snakes and scorpions and all dominion of evil, over evil. This, in a testimony that was given to me at Bards Fest by a wonderful person, and I'm going to leave their name out, even though most of you know will have, have met this person by this time. But just for sake of sensitivity, what they had said was that in their life, they had never heard 
in their church experience, never heard of the things of healing and casting out demons and raising the dead. And yet after they heard it, and it's just a very humbling statement, the comment was, Scott, I trust you. And when you started talking about it, I did the research and had myself and their family rebaptized in the Holy Spirit, and now they're fully living into this and seeing exactly what happens when they commit themselves to the authorities that God gave us. Remember, the authorities that we have here are powerful. They carry a great deal of responsibility. And with this, we have to be very clear because what, as much is given as much, much is asked, right? So we have to be understanding that God's giving is opening these doors to us because he's seeing his, his children step into that place of being the sons and daughters of the Most High. It's an amazing compliment. But with that comes a big change in the way we see the world as we step forward. I am one that for a long time, I've been very quick at, and if you take a, if you listen to every show that I did during COVID, I was ready to punch every person out there, literally, that was pushing this shot. But you've also trans you've also walked with me as God has shaped my heart. And as we've entered into an era now where my most passionate desire is to heal every person through prayer that was touched by that shot. I don't care if they made it a choice or not. I, want, I don't want to see them suffer because they relied on somebody else. They made a bad decision, yes. And in the process, what I want every time in that is I want them to understand where that healing comes from. I want them to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, to truly balance the scales. And that's a metaphor that God's put on my heart a lot lately, which is people have lived a life of complete imbalance. They haven't had a personal relationship with Jesus. They haven't had a personal relationship with him. So they've been skewed by a narrative which is driven by the same psychopaths that pushed this COVID shot. And they have been skewed by a narrative that has walked them away from Jesus. And it's getting worse. And if you're paying attention to what they're doing right now, is there, it's getting much worse because they're trying to write Jesus out of being the son of God and trying to write Jesus in to being a gender neutral man. And this is part of the aggressive next step that they're making, which is the attack on the actual Bible itself. Artificial intelligence is working overtime and it's being fed with what it needs, both in a directive from the World Economic Forum and the Chinese CCP to change the Bible permanently and forever. And so it is essential in this moment that we not only use the word, use, get multiple versions of the Bible in your hand, paper copies, and we have to pray into it and we have to listen, listen to the wisdom. Now the, the upside of this, which is probably not going to be real popular with some, but whatever, when we think about all the people that Jesus touched, the Bible was not in existence at that time. What they did have was an unbelievable and wonderful and amazing connection with our Lord and with our Father. And so there was even moments where, you know, you've seen Christ tell people, go out and share what's happened to me, to you, and share the word. There was no Bible that they had in their hand. What they had was a connection into the miracles and the divine aspect of what Father God brings into this world. And I say all this because there, are, there is an increasing pressure to try to destroy God through what they believe, they meaning the, those in power, believe to be the only connection we have with him, which is let's go after the Bible. And this is what I know. As we develop the personal and, and intimate relationship with Jesus and the personal and intimate relationship with the living God, as we are taking those authorities and we're with us, that lives within us. They can never take that away. And yes, Scripture's an amazing part of our life. FM is literally field manual, which is a reference 
is a Bible for me is a reference of a the greatest field manual ever developed for war. That's God's word because we are at war. So on the one hand, we need to do all that we can to preserve the written texts. And on the other hand, we need to continue to dig deeper into our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that right there has been the center point for everything that I've been kind of fumbling around this weekend, if you will, just in my, in my thoughts and my prayers, which is just what an amazing experience is it, it is when we walk with God, truly walk with him. The Elijah, not Elijah, but uh, I'll think of it in a minute. It was what I was going to say, but... Um, it is the experience of truly walking with him. So my really what I'm, I want to center on tonight a lot is just what that is. And part of that is to listen to where he guides us and having trust in that. There was somebody at Bard's Fest that came up to me and said something to me that I'm, I'm going to share. It was a word given to me. But I want to share it here, and I just I just want you to hear it and just reflect on it. And the way they approached me was interesting because they came up and they said, Pastor Scott, and you know me well enough, I don't use that term, but I, I will, anybody that says that, I'm going to listen to very carefully because there's something there that they're, they're wanting to say with a lot of respect. And they said, Pastor Scott, I, I, I listen to you, I trust you, but I have something I have to say to you and I, I don't want you to take offense to. I said, okay, what do you have to say? And I knew at this point that this was going to be something bigger than just this person. And what she said was, I know that you have shared a lot of your process of doubt and you've had a lot of warfare and you've shared that in your struggles about Bard's Fest and even to the point of wondering whether you should do Bard's Fest, which was all true. But she said, you can't, you can't question the Holy Spirit anymore. You can't do it anymore. She said, you don't understand how many weak Christians are out here that need to hear the strength in God so that we can get our feet again. It really hit home with me. It hit home in a hard and deep way. And, and I, as I reflected back on the weeks leading up to Bard's Fest, there really was no reason for me to question a directive given by God. Because what I got wrapped up into was the money thing. How is it going to be afforded? How would we do this? How would we do that? And I really did obsess a lot about it. And rather than leaning in harder to God to trust in him, there were moments when I pulled away. You're not going to hear me do that anymore. And that's coming out of Bard's Fest. I may joke about stuff, but in the true walk that I have, what Bard's Fest did for me was clarify that, that hesitation. I am 100% in on anything and everywhere God wants me to go. And I'm going to just accept that those things will happen, though my timing may be different than God's. But if he's put something on my heart, then it must be done. And that is truly, I think, at the, the core of cleaning and cleaning house, so to speak, that I was, was probably a great benefit of Bard's Fest. Because there's little pieces and cracks in our armor, like I mentioned, that get in there and We'll just call it demonic dust and the, the dirt from the shoes and so forth that gets inside there and corrupts our focus. And our focus has to be pure. Mars Fest is a lot of responsibility when we do it. And we're doing another. Obviously, we're doing one in Kansas and we'll be, there's going to be one in Chile, the country. Not the, not the dish you make on the barbecue or that tastes great after you cook it in a cast iron pot. That's something else. 
and in fact, we'll probably have chili at the next at the next Bards Fest. But in speaking of location, there's going to be one in Kansas, and there's going to be one in Chile. And we're working on a location up in, as I mentioned, praying on. That's what the extent of working, praying on a location as it comes about in something up near eastern Oregon, northern Idaho, and eastern Washington. That seems to be the place I'm drawn to. And there's another, someone else wants to do one somewhere else that I'll link, link, reach out to this week. But these things I'm telling you are, if God wants it, that's where I'm going to go. And I've done that fairly obediently in my life, but I've, I've had to now realize that we're at a new step and a new place in the world that we're in. Hesitation has no more room. That's kind of what I'm getting to here. And we've been able to waffle. I was able to waffle a little bit on Bard's Fest, to doubt, to hesitate. But that word that I was given to me, and I will tell you, when she spoke those words, it wasn't her. And I heard it loud and clear. And it was basically, it wasn't so much a rebuke as it was a reminder that we are in a different place now. You were given mercy, so to speak, to waffle. But you knew better. This is how I took it in my heart. But God is patient with you, but God now needs you. And he needs you to stay focused and don't hesitate again. And message was received, and I'm good with it. That means that there's times that we will make mistakes. But at this point in time, it is better to make a mistake and a motion forward than it is to try to hesitate and make a decision you think is right and miss the opportunity. God needs us committed. And in the masterpiece of way God works anyway, decisions that we make, he can always work with, even if they're imperfect, which generally they are imperfect because we're not perfect. That part coming out of Bard's Fest left me, once I crossed that Rubicon this week and was really praying on that, and in that walk I was having this weekend with Jesus and just reflecting on that, that's when the doors got thrown open, meaning literally, here's what I want you to visualize. So I'm going to share it. Because I think that if we share it and, you, and you're inspired by it, which I am, then we, it becomes part of the prayers to make it happen. God showed me a mission, which is the mission of Paul to plant the flags of churches everywhere we go in these Bards Fests, that where we set up a Bards Fest, we throw down the flag, metaphorically speaking. But if it's a Bards flag, it's not a flag of Bards, it's a flag representing kingdom space and a kingdom stronghold. It's interesting, and as I have shared that vision with each location we're talking about, it's been met with great enthusiasm that, yes, this is exactly what we want to do. The black flag is important because it definitely defines no quarter is given. We're not going to give an inch on kingdom ground anymore for this enemy to take anything away. So everywhere we have a Bards Fest, that becomes, that becomes holy ground. We then walk the space and enter the moment where Joshua confronts the captain of the, of the Lord of Hosts army. And that is holy ground. And so we need to be looking at that in terms of how we operate there, how we respect it, and how we pray into it and how we treat it. A really amazing insight came to me this morning as I was talking to my father after breakfast this morning. And we were talking about the sense of how we walk in this earth. And I said, it's interesting because, and this, these are the words given, when we go to a place, if it's a hotel room, if it's a place we go to, we have arrived at a time when we expect 
like in a hotel room, we, we live in this earth very much like we expect the maid to come in and clean up for us. We expect the sheets and the bed to be made for us when we come back. We expect the garbage to be taken out when we come back. We live that way in this world. So when we look at this in terms of believers, people come here and they occupy with the expectation that they're going to pass their time, do whatever they do in their little spaces that they have that, and that they think that they earn. And then when they're done, because they've accepted Christ, everything's going to be all better. And then if there's any troubles along the way, God will send down his cleaning crew and they'll fix it all up for us, make our bed for us, and it'll all be better. But that's not the way I know how to live. And I don't think any of us, if we think about it, want to live that way. We have an opportunity now to shift that tide, to return to a better principle of living to where when we go somewhere, we see it as being a place that we make better when, than it was when we left. Not the expectation that the cleaning crew is going to come and fix it for us, but that as we as walking as the sons and daughters of the Most High, truly emissaries of the kingdom, that everywhere we go, we make better. From a physical point of view, that might be something as simple as picking up a piece of litter. It might mean bringing somebody to Jesus. It might just be saying hello to somebody when they're not used to having anybody speak. It might mean praying into the space. But we need to make a shift here in the way we walk. Because Bard's Fest to me now are a new vanguard. And that's as God has shown. Is that as we set these up and there will be a process of setting these up. We are setting up kingdom strongholds. And mighty are they. And they will become stronger over time. And so the prayer in part of this, as I've opened up to Father, is then everywhere we go to, to have a Bards Fest needs to be a place that it will be a space that we will return to. Glad Tidings will have a Bards Fest every year now. And I anticipate that the place in Fredonia, if everything continues as it is right now, will this will be the first of many there, as it was the first of many to come at Glad Tidings. And we will coordinate these so the times are known and these become kingdom strongholds. This is more than just a stronghold. These are also sanctuaries. I don't know what's coming, but I know that we better start getting these anchored and we better start realizing what we're building. Because this is far from over. And this rhetoric around politics and the idea that things are going to get fixed and whether the military is going to come in and be the white hats to arrest everything, that's one nice, creamy covered covering on a, on a poop cake that makes it all sound good. But the fact is that farmers' production are down, cattle production is down, we have huge issues with our infrastructure. We have huge issues with our grid. We have still the ongoing legacy of COVID and people dying. There's, there's issues here that are going to take decades to sort out. And this fight is long from over. It's really hardly begun yet. And so part of that, as I stepped into this this weekend to say, Father, I will no longer hesitate, that door was open. And with that, that means that there's going to be a need to shift the way that we do business. I don't mean in terms of podcasts. I mean in terms of how we visualize what we're doing. We're now part of a greater mission. I say we because this is a community. This is a fellowship. I'm a voice to many. When I look at all the people that came to Glad Tidings Church, those were real commitments that came there. For all of those that committed time online, those were real commitments. For each group that goes to another, to a Bars Fest or commits to these shows, there's people that don't miss a single show. I'm not, this is not to in, imply anything to how you are in this walk, so please don't hear that. I'm simply looking at this as a community that's built by an unbelievable dedication. I told you one day that I was talking to Glad Tidings Church, and um, they were saying that something about 
well, you know, about the core group in Bards Fest or in Bards Nation. And I said, let me tell you something. I said, there's a core group of people around 200 or so, roughly, that basically hit every show. And that that's in the live and that doesn't count the podcast. I said, you look at the podcast, we're talking about several thousand people that never miss a show. When you combine all that together, five, 10,000 people every day that don't miss a single show. And they were just like 17 times a week. And I said, yes, that's the core of who we are. That's a huge thing. It's a huge thing. So what we're in the process of doing here as we, as we literally start to step into this greater authorities is we're setting up strongholds. This is where we're going to be planting the flag. There'll be a church planted in the sense, and this is the traditional, the old way. This is the ecclesia, okay? This isn't the dead stone walls. I mean, that's some other things that God shared with me. I was like, what do, and I, I even said it, like, what do churches look like in this new form? And it's interesting because I'm just going to share with you the image that I was given, which was like a massive pavilion with a bermed up side, but no solid walls, everything open around. The ability to pull in like, if you will, like a curtain around it, insulated, that was opaque, that still allowed light for insulating during cold times. But because it was settled down and bermed a bit, it stayed warmer. But no fixed solid walls. You could see out on all sides. Such a big deal. That's the metaphor that we're working with. It's, and it's more because then I said, okay, well, are we seeing an altar? And what I was shown, which I just think is so cool, and I've mentioned some of this before, but as we move this forward, this starts to look more like a place where people gather. There's a coffee roaster inside. There's fresh bread coming out of the oven that's sourdough bread. There's big tables where people can sit and talk. There's prayer going on all the time. Everybody prays at certain times. It's a communal place. People that need food can come. People share in the effort. This is the vision. This is creating a new, new approach because faith is alive. There's healing going on. There's prayer for healing going on. It's open. It's transparent. It's not tucked away. And this is part of this bigger vision. And I, this was all coming together because I was saying, all right, Father, what are the taskings that you need me to do? And he said, okay, well, I need you to continue to learn how to butcher animals. And I need you to learn how to roast coffee. And I need you to learn how to raise bees. I'm like, okay, I can, all those things. And there's other aspects to this that will come that I'll talk more about later. But those were the principles. And it's like, why me? The only because these are the starting points so that the knowledge can be captured and the knowledge can be shared. And with it, we start to build community. I'm not going to be the doer of all things. But it's the idea it has to start somewhere. So as we get, build this up, now you can start to see even a greater vision. A vision where imagine these, these kingdom strongholds. Imagine that we have 10 or so of them, not just in the United States. We have some in Canada. Maybe we have more than 10. I don't know. Hopefully as many as we need. Let's just put it that way. Whatever God deems. I don't have any number on it. We're going to have some in outside the country, some inside the country. These are kingdom strongholds. The walls that are built there are built around the mightiness of prayer, about the, the, the holiness of that place that we create when we're there. The improvement of the space to every time we're there, we make it stronger. But then you have your, your, we can call it many things. For now, we'll call it an outreach. The outreach beyond the walls, beyond the kingdom strongholds. How do we do that? And this is the part where it got fun. 
And this is the part that came out of Bard's Fest that was so magnificent. And it was a vision of a truck and a vision of a truck with a trailer. But what's in the trailer? And it was an entire barbecue kitchen. And I started laughing. I'm like, really? We, we reach out into communities, not with re tent revivals like the old way, but this is revivals built around food where through Bard's Nation, to the beef that we grow, we bring the meat and we ask the community to bring the bread. And together we sit. Together we, we pray. Together we hear the, speaking, the speakers, but together we meet each other and we break bread. And this is how we reestablish the church that Jesus intended. And we continue to push this out in a greater way. And oh yeah, I'm sure that, I'm sure if, is Punky on tonight? Because if Punky's here, I'm going to say, Punky, I'm sure you're going to have your taco truck. I'm sure that's coming. We'll see to it. But in, in, in the, the wonderful ways that this works, is this is the way that we start to reconnect us to each other. And as we move around, we know that we have strongholds to go back to because the war is real out here. This, this war is going to be increasingly more intense. We're in a spiritual war. And many people don't even realize we're in a war, let alone a spiritual war. And churches have done such a horrific job of preparing people for this new era. They have not equipped people with the authorities. We're going to continue to pound on these authorities and learn them and learn how to use them and become stronger and mightier in them. We're going to continue to pray for healing to where we're going to start to see healing almost instantly. This is what I know and what I believe. We're going to pray to cast out demons and get good at it. And some will be better at it than others, but everybody will be equipped. We're going to pray to raise the dead. And as much as that may shake people and say, that's voodoo, it's not voodoo because Christ says so. And we're going to do it in however God leads us, whether that's raising the dead of, the, of a dead spirit or, or raising the dead of somebody who's physically died. I know that those are miracles that have existed. And the greater works, I don't know what that looks like. But it's not any accident when we think about greater works that, when, that Peter went out to meet Jesus and walking on the water. So don't limit God is the big message there. Because we have to bring the miracles of the, Holy, of the living God to the world. And it's through the sons and daughters of the Most High that this happens. And it's through this new vision of reviving the church, which is not confined by dead stone walls or skinny jean pulpits or hardback pews. It's alive. And this is the charge forward. And some won't be able to follow. And I, and I will say this to you. If this is something you can't follow, we still love you. And we still pray for you. And you can still be part of us in any way you're comfortable. But this is the mission forward for Bars Nation. And we have to have it like this. Because this is the mightiness of the Holy Spirit that needs its soldiers and it needs its warriors Somewhere along the way here, there's going to be a, a letterpress facility set up. I have no idea what that's about yet, other than I know it keeps hitting me and God keeps telling me. And I'm like, all right, Lord, we'll do it. And that's going to be another thing because I keep seeing this image of us printing Bibles in the old way. And I keep seeing images of us sharing letters and sharing like broadsheets and flyers that are being printed out of a physical facility that's not computerized, but it's using letterpress type settings and people working there around the clock to print out information and distribute it. Those are going to be in kingdom strongholds is where those will be. This is a tremendous shift because it's, it's shredding away a lot of the technologies. And it's going back to a easier way. It's not that all technologies are gone, but it just seems like so much of what we're leaning on right now, God is positioning us to prepare for a time when that isn't going to be the means in which we communicate. 
at least not the way we understand it. There's pieces of this that just keep flowing and it'll continue to evolve. I'm going to encourage you who are so inclined to pray into sailing. Because sailing has got something in it. It's living on the wind. It's a transportation way of moving product and people without having to rely on the jet engine and the digital controllers. It's a way to live with the breath of God in a different way. That's another one that it keeps coming up. This vision's huge. It has opportunity for everybody. And it's all about bringing us together to start building truly another world, another economy. This is an exodus. And it has its kingdom strongholds. And we think too hard too often about kingdom strongholds. Like, well, we're going to build our walls. And that's where we have to get better. Because if we are going to build walls, we are going to build the protective walls that through, that happen through our faith and the power of our prayer and the power of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is about us being mighty men and women of the Most High. And all of this was kind of opened up when I humbled myself to say to the Lord, I won't hesitate anymore. And I think that's the bottom line message tonight. Don't hesitate. Lean in and trust. You know, when we look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we realize what that story really is, and for those of you that want reference, that's Daniel 3, 1, just go to Daniel 3. It's all there. This is the mightiness we're talking about here. The unhesitating, fearless faith. Where Nebuchadnezzar, literally after building this massive Baphomet monument, tells everybody that if you don't bow, you're going to be thrown into the furnace. And so he, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo decide, or Meshach, Meshach, decide not to bow some weenie complains and tells Nebuchadnezzar that they didn't listen to what you said. They're Hebrews. And so he has the fire stoked up seven times hotter than it was before. So hot that when the guards get close, they die of the heat. And he throws them in there. And they go in and then he looks and to his astonishment, he doesn't see three, he sees four walking around in the fire. And he questions, he said, did we put in three or put in four? And they said, we put in three. And so he realizes that the one that's walking in there, the fourth is probably an angel. And the three of them exit the fire unscathed. No, no burn marks, no smell of smoke, nothing. They just walk out of the fire. That's what's possible with God. So as big as we build this vision and we pray on this and we lean into him, I just say yes, first of all. Father, yes. Good. Let's go. Don't know how. I'm not going to worry about the finances right now. I just know that if that's what God wants and he needs a yes, I give a yes. Yes, we're done. We're not done. We're, we're ready. Let's go. And with that, mighty things will fall. We'll follow and mighty bad things will fall. It'll be kind of a dual hit right there. But we can all be in that place of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because that's the true faith right there. Knowing that no matter what, it's all going to work out because there's no way we're going to bow to this other and there's only one way we're going to go and that's to say yes, all in. So as I said at Bard's Fest, and I say now, and I repeat for you to hear, I was reminded at Bard's Fest, this is a time to be all in. And I'm all in, all in. Wherever God needs and leads, I go. 
and for each of you that hear this, that's a place you have to search in your heart. I can't tell you where you are. I can only tell you where I think you should go. And it's not just an opinion. But it's time to make the decision to truly be all in and be part of a bigger vision because it's time to reset the church. It's time to raise up the true warriors. And it's time to plant the flags in the name of kingdom and begin the process of what is really the process of taking this nation and this world back. That was a pretty good weekend. And I hope you all had a great weekend, you fathers. I hope you had a great weekend. And it's time with your father, if he's still alive. I had that, and I was blessed. And made a really awesome smoked and charcoal barbecued pork shoulder roast tonight that was dry rubbed yesterday with coffee and a chipotle South African spice mix and brown sugar that was then basted with apple juice and it was like outrageously good and it cooked for five and a half hours and it was so tender you could just pick it apart with your fork. So there, it was a good weekend. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for the trust and the pressing that you put on all of us to try for, to challenge us to go into the place of literally saying all in and yes. And I'm there, Father, and I think many are as well. And so as you hear the prayers tonight, you'll hear those words, all in, yes, send me. The vision that you've shared and that I've been able to share this evening, Father, the vision that you're seeing that, the, that lies ahead, there's not a question that we can do this. And there's not a question that we have to. And so we're blessed, Father, with the gift that you've given as a vision of where to go and the idea that we, or there's no limit to how high we can jump or how far we can reach. But what we do know, Father, is the vision of the dead stone walls being torn down and being replaced with roofs, with open air sides that we can constantly see out, not limited by a building or a box. That inspires. So thank you. And Father, just a, a prayer tonight for those that are struggling with a place that they're at, no matter where they are whether it's an addiction or whether it's a burden of finances or whether it's a burden of stresses of a family or whatever that we're dealing with. Just ask, Father, tonight that the prayer that we have, and Jesus, just please hear this, just that each person just has that touch, the personal relationship moment with you to remind them truly of the greatness and the mightiness of whom we serve. That this is a time and an hour in which we have to prioritize everything in our life anew. That much of what we have learned, we have to cast aside. The anxieties, the fears, the, the angers, the frustrations, we have to put them aside, realizing that most of them are manufactured by a, a devious structure of rule in this world. And we just pray that eyes will go to you, Father. And Jesus, that the people are overwhelmed and filled with your love. But it's the love of a warrior. It's a love of command authority. It's a love of knowing what we represent and the responsibilities that we carry as the children of the Most High. Let us be humbled. Let us be filled with wisdom. And let us be given the eyes to see as you see, Father, to temper us and to give us patience and to steady our walk and to steady our hand. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So just to chat about things that have come 
and things that will be. Whatever you choose to bring to prayer, please do, and we'll shape these as we go. But there's a wonderful walk ahead for all those that want to embrace it. And it's an amazing time to be part of something so wonderful and incredible, to be able to literally be as your primary mission in life as part of resetting the faith and the strength in the church that Jesus saw in this world. No limits, just a passion that we have for the gospel of Jesus Christ, of healing the sick, of raising the dead, of casting out demons, and opening our hearts to doing greater works than he. I can live with that. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bat at evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. In the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Standing at the edge of a grave
Sometimes it takes all you got to believe You're all here in the dark We learn to fight when we fall apart But we all raised up to face the start And there's a light And we are wild like a river Wild like the fire in your veins makes you shiver Out of my mind like the dark in the distance 